welcome to another episode of The First Incision, a CMF podcast where we look at topics at the interface of faith and medicine affecting our Christian lives in today's world. I'm your host, Dr. John Greenall. Um, now, medical mission is something that many of us have, have heard about and thought about over the years, but the world is changing uh, and the place of, of medics within the world is, is changing um, as we speak. And it's a great pleasure for me to welcome Dr. Peter Saunders today, who of course has been uh, CEO um, at the Christian Medical Fellowship um, and has uh, just in the last year left to New Pastures. Um, it's great to welcome you here today, Peter. Good to be here, John. Great. So Peter, since you, you left us at, at CMF, um, maybe just fill us in on what you've been doing since then. Well, I left CMF in December 19 and uh, I took a holiday, went back home to New Zealand to see my extended family. Then I, I came back and took up a new role with the ICMDA, the International Christian Medical and Dental Association. And uh, I've been now CEO for a year in that new job. So I, I left a job with uh, 25 staff and uh, an annual turnover of one and a half million and uh, the UK to to focus on yeah. to one uh, with 200,000 turnover, three staff and the whole world. So it's been quite a challenge in many ways, but very exciting too. Yeah, fantastic. And so you're based out of out of the UK, but obviously traveling traveling a lot. I understand you've traveled a lot in the last in the last year or so, is that right? I've been I think to 19 on 19 trips to 18 countries altogether. So I went to Indonesia twice. Wow. And ICMDA is, it brings together all the CMFs or the CMDAs around the world. And so we started in 1963. We have grown now to 84 national movements. We had 12 new ones join us at the World Congress in 2018. And most of those were actually French-speaking West African countries. So God has been moving there in an amazing way. And our target is but that by the next World Congress in 2022, which is in Tanzania in, in East Africa, we hope to have another 16 national movements, which will bring us to 100. And so we're working on those. And the vision of ICMDA is a Christian witness through doctors and dentists in every community, in every nation. So it's a, mm. it's a great commission uh, organization, if you like. And that's how we see ourselves as, as playing our part in our small corner of uh, Christ's vineyard involved in the in the Great Commission. And we believe the best way of achieving that is by starting and strengthening mm -hmm. national movements like CMF right. uh, around the world. And, and that basically boils down to leadership training and development. So we're based in St. Albans in the UK, and uh, we have three paid staff, and we've got 43 field workers around the country. We divide the, uh, around the world, we divide the yeah. world into 12 regions and then they they work in different capacities some fantastic. quite amazing people fantastic and actually back in season two of the first uh, incision podcast if you haven't listened to it do go back and listen um to our episode where we spoke with three uh, of your of your leaders yeah. um within icmda and just yeah i agree with you absolutely fantastic um enthusiastic inspiring um people who are doing great things you know, they were very excited about what's going on um, and just you know, give me some examples of things that were encouraging them. What is it that's really encouraged you in the last year? What's, what's excited you as you've moved on from you know, a number of years in CMF and then this, this new project comes along? What are you seeing that's, that's really gripping you at the moment? I think it's just how much God is doing 
in so many different places yeah. in so many ways. And what always thrilled me at CMF was seeing people growing and developing and understanding who Christ was and really wanting to live for him with the gifts and abilities that they'd been given. And uh, ICMDA really involves that on a more, more like a, a world scale. So I, I just get a great thrill out of hearing people's stories of how they came to Christ and how he led them uh, and seeing how he's using them now, really, uh, and seeing people grow and develop and understand why they're on the planet. Yeah, brilliant. No, fantastic. And and thinking uh, just, uh, you know, for, for those of us as listening and thinking about, um, you know, opportunities, I suppose, um, in, in global mission, what, what unique opportunities are you seeing from your travels and this sort of this big picture perspective that medics and nurses have in today's world? Well, I think it was Francis Grimm from HCFI who said, or who first said that far more people go through hospitals and clinics then will ever darken the door of churches. And so doctors, nurses, dentists have an amazing access to all parts of mm. countries and, and communities. Uh, they have a, a profound reach and everybody is going to have contact with a doctor or a dentist or a nurse at some stage in their lives. And, and wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody in the world could have contact with a Christian mm. doctor, dentist, and nurse, and there are opportunities to show the light, light and love of Christ, and also mm. sensitively to share the gospel in those circumstances. I mean, if we just look at the at what we have worldwide, we reckon there are 1.2 million medical students wow. in uh, in 2,600 medical schools. Now, that's a very strategic people group if you're thinking Absolutely. about mission. Yeah. And then there are 550 dental schools. There are 12 million doctors, over 700,000 dentists worldwide. And it's estimated by the WHO that there are 375,000 healthcare facilities, including 84,000 district, provincial and specialist hospitals. Now, that's a lot of outlets and, that, and that's not counting community work as well. And I think it's true to say that Christian doctors and dentists have got access, skills and extraordinary resources at a level unprecedented mm. in world history. That everybody needs good healthcare, mm. and there are really amazing opportunities mm. to to reach into places that are not accessible to more traditional avenues of mission work. Mm. Uh, with with the love of Christ and for a good reason for mm. for being there. And uh, perhaps without the suspicion that often goes around, mm. you know, more professional missionaries. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because certainly I'm, I'm a bit of a student of of medical missions, and you know, you look back to the days of of, of mission where you know Western missionaries would medics would go overseas and um, would would preach, and they would would heal, and they would set up mission hospitals, and and that's very much the way that I was sort of brought up that this is what mission uh, looks like. Yeah, and, and I think that model was quite appropriate yeah. for the time that we've been in. It was the right model for that time. And, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and you know, we know that God is sovereign over the movements of peoples and the rise and fall of empires. And mm -hmm. he creates these roots, you know. And if we look at the languages of Europe, particularly English, but also Spanish, Portuguese, uh, French, mm -hmm. uh, Russian, you know, the, these have been gateways to vast areas of 
the world and people with with the transport and uh, communication opportunities that we have now can travel along these gateways now you mm. add in chinese and arabic mm, and uh, i'd say 95% of doctors and dentists in the world will speak one of those seven languages and and so uh, mm. that they can you know penetrate virtually everywhere in the mm. world so it's incredibly exciting i think we've definitely moved from uh, what i'd call a post colonial west to the rest model uh, much more to mission being from everywhere to everywhere right uh, most countries have medical schools many of them have postgraduate training as well they're producing their own doctors and dentists and and th- th- there's a great need for for training i think there's a move to from curative hospital centered care which is still very much needed but to preventive community centered care from from uh, paternalism if you like uh, west knows best right to yeah. to uh, partnership where we're seeing some phenomenal health facilities rising mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. in places that were previously resource poor mm-hmm. i'm thinking about countries like south korea mm-hmm. like india which are really leading the way now in healthcare mm-hmm. mission i think there's a move from from uh, urban to rural centers mm-hmm. uh, and 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 the other way round uh, as well mm-hmm. because perhaps our mission focus in the past and more colonial times has been in rural areas but with the massive migration of people yeah. to the cities, the cities mm-hmm. we've got to look at those opportunities from healthcare delivery to health worker training mm-hmm. so do you give a man a fish mm-hmm. or do you teach him to fish and so this focus on undergraduate and particularly postgraduate training not just for family physicians but for specialists mm. as well training indigenous people there's some very exciting initiatives mm. there and and then from funded expatriate workers to tent makers mm. uh, tent, on the on makers. the biblical model so so you know rather than raising a huge salary uh, and paying it for a family to locate to uh, outer mongolia or yeah. whatever that, that we're now looking that people can travel along natural pathways, get a get a medical or dental job, which mm. pays a salary, enables them to live locally in that area and use the spare time and energy that they have to do church work. Uh, the tent making model, if you like, that that we read about mm. in scripture. Mm. That's really interesting. The term is tent making. Yeah. Um, and you've just mentioned there that the scripture. So is that yeah. something that we see uh, you know, examples of in the Bible then that, 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 to inform <laughs> us? I'm assuming that's where you're going with that. So, Indeed. So, yeah. so, so Paul, the Apostle Paul, of course, yes. and, his, and his co-laborers, Priscilla and Aquila, the married couple who, he, who accompanied him at many times, we know they made tents in mm. Corinth. Uh, Acts 18 tells us that they were doing that uh, while pursuing their primary goal of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's really interesting because you often think of them doing this stuff full time, but actually clearly they're, they're doing this, I don't know, this, this labor, this work, you know, to fund, to fund themselves alongside. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, yeah. and I, I, Paul wasn't working there full time, but he, he did enough to keep him going. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of family practitioners now are working part time in the UK. So, so people can, can create uh, extra time in their lives and do it in areas where the, the gospel, uh, which are which are gospel poor, mm-hmm. or which are resource mm-hmm. or healthcare poor as well. The New Testament tells us that Paul worked as a tent maker not just in Corinth, mm-hmm. but also in Galatia, in Thessalonica, and in Ephesus as well. And what this did was that it carried him into difficult and diverse mission fields, especially 
in, in areas dominated by commerce because that was his trade. Well, of mm. course, healthcare is everywhere and healthcare uh, can operate uh, everywhere. And so this is a great opportunity that we should be using, mm. I think, more and more. Now, we know that Paul didn't entirely fund himself. Right. We yeah. know that the Philippians, mm. for example, yeah, gave, generously. Uh, gave yeah. very generously to his work. Yeah. And so he wasn't totally uh, you know, self-funded, but he wasn't totally uh, funded by his work mm-hmm. either. He, you know, he, he, did, he did both and mixed them together. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's that creative flexibility that, mm-hmm. that uh, gets us into places. And of course, uh, tent making provides you know, lots of advantages that, mm. that uh, traditional mission work doesn't. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So do you want to just um, yeah, give us some examples of that, really? So what, what those, those sort of features of, uh, of tent making um, and what that might look like, whether you've got any examples of where that's happening uh, today as well. Well, I, I think tent making provides opportunities to build natural relationships mm. with colleagues, with, uh, with patients, um, with those in, particularly in the same line of work mm. abroad. And without the suspicion, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to explain why you're there. Mm. You're just mm. doing a job mm. like everyone else. And, and so you've got access immediately mm-hmm. to people that you would not have if you're going in as a traditional mm. missionary trying to establish relationships. It, the other thing is it conserves scarce mission funds for missionary ministries that actually do need full support there are still some of those now right. but but why should we support those that don't if people can support them mm-hmm. themselves and therefore what it does is it multiplies our mission personnel mm-hmm. without any great increase in costs mm-hmm. and if we're going to get the great commission done mm-hmm. it's not going to be done by traditional missionaries supported with vast amounts of giving from the western world it ain't going to happen. Mm. But we're, we're talking about tent making. We're really in a field where we can multiply hugely because people are uh, raising their own support. Now, of course, they need prayer support. They need uh, other kinds of support from, from churches. They might need psychological support. They have other needs, uh, just like anybody working in a foreign uh, country does. Mm. But, but they're not needing the same level of, uh, of financial support. And I think also it, um, it resonates with Jesus' command, mm. uh, especially for doctors, to preach the gospel and heal the sick. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke, the first ever Christian doctor, tells us that Jesus sent out the 12 to preach the gospel and heal the sick. He sent out the 72 to do the mm. same. And, and of course, we've seen 2,000 years now mm. of healthcare mission where the healing of the body and the, and the healing of the soul have gone hand in hand. Mm. It's also amenable to part-time work mm. because uh, often in countries, you're talking about the Gulf states, Middle East and so on, people are paid very good salaries, mm-hmm. uh, far more than they need to mm. live. So they don't have to work full-time mm. either. Mm. So they've got more time to invest in, in direct ministry as well. And, and the other thing is it puts people into positions of influence yeah. uh, to be able to to shape societal institutions and public policy as well. And, and so they'll be trusted because they're in recognisable roles and the nationals will see that they're really helping the country. Mm. And so they will open doors for them. So there are a lot of advantages in, in tent making. Mm. And I think it's something we really need to 
embrace. I think it's really interesting because a number of people say to me, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm too far along in my career. I'm too too specialist. I'm perhaps too, you know, I'm too too tertiary level, for example, with with my work. You know, I couldn't do, you know, work overseas because that's, you know, working in, in remote clinics. But but from what you're saying is actually the, the landscape looks far more varied than ever. And it seems that there are open doors for somebody who's, say, much more senior further along in their career using advanced equipment that actually there are opportunities to go and to live and to work as a tent maker overseas is that is that, is that and uh, many of these countries have a lot of money to mm. invest now, i'm talking particularly about the places that might not it might, might not be resource poor mm-hmm. but they are faith poor yes yeah. and uh they and uh, if we're talking about countries in the middle east they're building huge numbers of mm. huge hospitals mm. and they don't have the staff to man them and mm. they really want well-trained people from Europe to go out and to teach and train and do the work. Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah. So very, very, very diverse. That's that's really challenging. But the reality is I don't I don't know of a lot of people doing this. So there are clearly some some barriers. Perhaps it's just that, that you know, perhaps even some of us listening, we haven't just, haven't even thought of this as a sort of a model um, of mission but but what are perhaps some of the other barriers to to tent making kind of, kind of mission would you say well you're right that, that there are a huge number of opportunities mm. that people aren't aware of of course there's there's working in teaching hospitals mm. attached to medical schools there's teaching of medical students both undergraduate and postgraduate there are of course huge numbers of mission hospitals which are still doing uh, training, although a lot of those can't afford to pay mm. expatriate salaries, so they're perhaps less in the tent making uh, in the tent making realm. There are many medical NGOs mm-hmm. internationally sure. yeah. uh, working. There's, uh, there are clinics and health centres. So th- there are lots of outlets. In terms of the barriers, uh, I, th- I think some of them, but we have to be honest, mm. they're about our own thinking mm-hmm. about mission. And I, I think what... One of the problems is what we call the secular uh, sacred split. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, you know, when I'm working as a doctor, I'm a doctor. When I'm serving in the church, I'm, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, and the two don't work. But, of course, part of our Christian vocation is that we seek the lordship of Christ in every context in mm-hmm. which we're placed. And that includes our work. So we're just as much worshipping mm-hmm. when we're seeing patients as we are uh, praying or singing hymns or worshipping together mm. with people in the church. It's part of our service of God. It's part of giving things of real value, mm. like our time and our skills mm. to God. God is a worker, mm. and uh, that's part of our worship for him. I think also the clergy-laity split, okay. you know, the idea that there are professional people yeah. who look after souls and everyone else raises money in order to support them. Yeah totally unbiblical yes okay wow uh, certainly and and then and then just a, a poor theology of work you know yeah. that this whole idea that we do our work as unto the lord and that he he gets great pleasure from us mm. uh from seeing us using the gifts he's given us in mm. order to serve and love others through our work and to do work of a real high quality and to witness mm. through our unity and the quality of our work to those mm. we're among which which hopefully will naturally uh, raise questions. You know, why are you here? Why do you practice in this way? And mm. and and so on. And, and will give natural opportunities mm. to be able to to share and build relationships, which mm. aren't contrived yeah, by absolutely. trying to force one's way into communities from being 
uh, an outsider. So uh, it's got l- many advantages. Yeah, fascinating. And I think those things that you've mentioned seem probably quite applicable to to Christians, not just in, you know, in general, not just medics. Um, you know, as medics, we like to think of ourselves as, as quite a special lot. We've already said, you know, that we've got great opportunities and we've got a sort of, the sort of work that can take us all over the world. Um, you know, we're a pretty special bunch. But what you're saying is quite challenging. Are there any particular areas for medics that you think are, you know, there are particular challenges of being a medic in the UK that may be barriers to us wanting to sort of go go and work overseas, for example? Well, on the... On the professional thing, I, I think medics have definitely led the way. Sure. Mm. Medics and teachers mm-hmm. have opened up many countries in the past to, to mission work a, alongside more professional pastors and, and church planters. But with mission being from everywhere to everywhere and with the growth of multinational business as well, uh, business as mission mm. is, is a real buzz phrase yeah. now. And people from other professions have got uh, unparalleled opportunities that they never had before yeah. to to follow the model that doctors and dentists and teachers have have uh, led with in the past. But yeah, I I think the way it was put to us when we were medical students and junior doctors is is not am I called to go, but am I called to stay, mm. and, and where is the need. Because you should go where the need is, mm. unless God calls you otherwise. And and I think it's a real temptation to be prepared to go. Well, I'm prepared to go. But actually, if you look at the way I'm living my life, I'm planning to stay. Mm. Prepared to go, planning to stay. Mm. Uh, plan to go. And if God wants to stop you, then he will do that if he has sure. some other calling for you. But, but why should we not look to where the need is, where we can make the biggest impact for him? And and go to those places. If you're an orthopedic surgeon and you're living in London where there are 500 orthopedic surgeons and there's a sub-Saharan African country with none, well, to me, that's mm. that's a no-brainer mm. to go out there. And, and, and people have done that from the UK mm. and they've transformed uh, whole countries mm. and care in those countries and they've trained nationals mm. as well and had a massive impact. So there are, there are great opportunities. And I think from a... Just from a spiritual point of view as well, you know, think of Jesus' parables, the weeds and the thorns, mm. you know, how off, how easy it is for us to get caught up in the worries of this world, Absolutely. Um, the accumulation mm. of wealth, uh, what the Bible calls the deceitfulness mm. of wealth, you know. Just a little more before I'm well, just another, secure. You know, I find it just another yeah. shift. You know, they're offering yeah. me all this money to work a bit extra, and it's just so tempting. And it takes yeah. courage, I mm. think, to step off the conveyor belt as well, absolutely, uh, yeah. in, into the unknown. And you have to, you have to trust God. I, I think you know. Let's take the parable of the soils again. The the stony ground, the mm. the, the worries of of trouble or mm. persecution or difficulty because of the word you know but if, if we want to be fruitful for christ then these opportunities are there and there are lots of organizations who are, are creating these opportunities you know you can go on the internet and find jobs for example all over the middle east mm. which are being advertised not by christian organizations mm. but by healthcare providers who are looking for for doctors yeah i've got a colleague yeah. who's just left for you know for the middle east yeah um to go and work in a hospital there yeah 
Absolutely. I hope you don't mind if I just say this. I mean, we're talking about going overseas, but I've been very challenged recently myself to think about other parts of the UK. I mean, we talked about that phrase gospel poor, but there have been parts of the UK which are, are not well served, which are perhaps quite quite deprived that might, might be a word that we use that there's, there's not an active church there and I think perhaps there's a challenge to Christians who are perhaps kind of concentrated in certain areas of the country to maybe to take some of these challenges and these these um yeah these these principles that you've mentioned to actually tent making in parts of the UK to, to to groups of people but um who are perhaps unreached as well with the gospel so. well there's a huge potential in the UK for people who are Christian believers, to see themselves as tent makers and part of the church's outreach. And uh, I'd love to see, I, I think there's perhaps a little bit of a blind spot with, with pastors mm. in this area as well. Uh, here's two tips to transform your church. If you're a pastor, perhaps you can encourage your pastor this way. Mm. But uh, have a slot called This Time Tomorrow mm. on a Sunday morning during the service, five minutes. Get a different member of the church up every Sunday and ask them, what are you doing this time tomorrow and how can we pray for you? It'll transform the way your church thinks about mission. Or the other thing is for the pastors or members of the pastoral team to go along and visit people in the workplace and then get an idea that their preaching will mm. be more uh, applicable, I think, to to uh, where they're working. Because the mission of the church uh, includes, of course, what happens within the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. The preaching and the women's group and the Bible study and sure, the mums yeah. and tots and, and uh, Sunday school and so on. But actually, the, the mission of the church also involves what every member does from nine to five, Monday yeah. to Friday. Yeah. And uh, if we think of all these folk as tent makers, then uh, we'll be much closer to the biblical model of mission that we see yeah. in the New Testament. And we'll get the Great Commission done yeah. much more much, much quickly, quickly as well. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really challenging. Thank you for this. Um, look, I'm aware we're pretty much out of time. I could talk for so much longer with you, Peter. But just to, to perhaps to finish with, you know, we've, we've heard this challenge and I'm very challenged. I mean, what advice would you give to, to prepare if we're thinking like, OK, I'm, I'm quite provoked by this. How can we prepare for, for the challenge that, that we're faced with, these opportunities that we've been given um, in our profession? Well, I think it's get tough. Mm. We've got to toughen up, count the cost, realise why we're on the planet, mm. see that we're part of, of Jesus's big plan to take the gospel to all the nations to as a prerequisite for him uh, coming back and uh, resolve to go to the hard places. Mm. And as you say, the hard places might be healthcare poor places. Yes. Yeah. But they might equally be gospel poor places. Mm-hmm. And they might be just as well in the UK mm-hmm. or Europe right. as they are in sub-Saharan Africa, the Middle East, uh, South America or Eastern right. South Asia. Yeah. So uh, get tough, then get trained. Yeah. I, I know when I was a junior doctor, the great temptation was... We just wanted to get out there. Yeah. And and thankfully, some wise, older Christian medic said to us, you know, you're not going to be very useful as, as, a, as a junior registrar SHO in surgery. You're not going to do great surgery yeah. and you're not going to know you're not doing well either. Yeah. You know, so so just hang about. Now, of course, if you hang about, the dangers are you can get enmeshed in all of the yeah. kind of material stuff and the worries of this world and the weeds and thorns and so on. But I never regret 
finishing my Australasian fellowship in general surgery, doing six years as a registrar, you know, and I couldn't do everything, but I could turn my hand to pretty much everything that came through the door wow. of the mission hospital. And I never regretted any of the training mm. or any of the really good high-class training I had in New Zealand that equipped me for that situation to do very, very general surgery, mm. much broader than I'd been doing before. So, so get trained. And of course, training is not just about medical skills. It's about language learning. It's about cultural awareness. It's about being a world Christian. And then get tender. Mm. Get tough, get trained, get tender. Ask the Lord to work on our characters and our resistances to make us resilient, to make us more compassionate, to open our eyes more, to want yeah. to be the hands and the feet and the mouth of, uh, and the eyes of and ears of Christ yeah. and uh, his living incarnate body uh, around the world. So I think there are great challenges there. We need to open our eyes and see them. And then we need to ask the Lord, where do you want me with my yeah. unique set of skills and abilities and training? Where can I best serve mm -hmm. the purposes of your growing church in this generation toward that great goal of seeing people from every nation and every language around the world mm -hmm. gathered around the throne mm -hmm. uh, and ushering in the new heaven mm -hmm. and the new earth, you know. Yeah. Uh, we talk about has God got a plan for your life? And he's, of course, he's got a plan for all of our lives. But, but the real thing is that God has a plan for the whole planet, the whole universe, That's right. and yeah. he wants us to be part of that plan. And he, mm. he gives us, through his grace, the wonderful mm. privilege of being mm. involved in that plan. And I tell you, we live at the most exciting stage of world history if you are a doctor, nurse, or dentist in terms of uh, mission and the opportunity. So it's not that the glory days are past and it's all a bit... You're saying basically this is the time to be alive. This is the well, exercise. Well, just this because of the moment. skills and abilities yeah. that we have, you know, and in medicine and surgery. Yeah. And these are all God-given gifts right. of grace that That's he's right. entrusted to us as good stewards and they open the door yeah. uh, into countries, communities, and to healing Brilliant. people's bodies and, and restoring their souls with their creator. Brilliant. Peter, thank you so much. I mean, if people want to keep up with you and hear about the work of ICMDA, um, where should they go to? How can, how can they find out? Uh, www.icmda.net. And you can sign up there for our monthly newsletter, our bi-monthly prayer diary, and get all sorts of news about what's happening in our 12 regions around the world. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been great to have you here and uh, all the best with your travels coming up. And um, we're praying for you. Um, thanks again. Great to have you. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that. And we look forward to being with you in a couple of weeks time for another episode. <laughs>